John chapter number 11 and verse number 23 says this. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. And then Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and I am the life. Whoever believes in me, though he dies, yet he shall live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And she turned and said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are Christ, the son of God who is coming into this world. The title of this morning's message is give it a pillow. So as we begin to get into this part of the scriptures, go all the way back up to the top if you had your, have your Bibles with you. And I want to touch on a couple verses that the Bible begins to talk about. In verse number four, as this whole account begins, word came to Jesus through Martha, of course, the control freak. If you didn't get that message, we got it on iTunes. We got it on CD back there. We'd love for you to get it, catch up on it, and make sure that you're caught up with where we're at. And so Martha sends word to Jesus. And as Martha sends word to Jesus, Jesus gets word that Lazarus is ill. And so this is where verse number four begins to pick up. And verse number four says, when Jesus got the message... Jesus said, this sickness is not fatal, or it will not lead to death. Instead, it will become an occasion to show God's glory by glorifying God's Son. And this is the message translation of that scripture. We've got to remember when instances happen. When occasions happen, when circumstances take place, when conditions arrive, when questions begin to happen, and when critics begin to rise up against us, we've got to look back on one thing. And this is what I want to challenge many of you in your life to begin to do even this morning. What is the first thing God said to you when your circumstance arrives? What is the first thing God said to you when your condition became prevalent to you? What is the first thing God said when you had many questions arise? What is the first thing God said to you when the critics began to rise up? Because many times in our life, we forget the first thing God said. The very first thing we got to remember this morning as we're going to rise some things up from the dead today, as we begin to rise up to where God's called us to be, is what is the first thing God said. Now listen, in your life you have what I call the DVDs. You got the DVDs, which is dreams, visions, and desires in your life. Amen? So you can jot that down. Say, what are your DVDs for this morning? Many of you, you have it literally just like a DVD. And when we mention dreams, visions, and desires, literally your mind starts playing forward into your life of the dreams that you have for your life, of the visions you have for your life and family, and the desires you have for your life and your family. So in your DVD of your life, your dreams, your visions, and your desires, many of us, because of the circumstances, because of the conditions, because of the questions, and because of the critics, we've put things in a tomb that God says may have just needed a pillow. We've put things to death that God said are maybe just asleep. We've put things in a tomb and rolled a stone in front of it so they can't get back out that God said, Johnny, they're not really dead. You have dreams that you've put to rest that God says they're not dead, but they're just sleeping. You have visions in your life of what God's called you to be that you've said are dead that God says, I never said they're dead. You have desires in your life that you have given up on because God didn't come through in your time frame. We'll discuss that here in just a minute. That you said are now dead that God said, why are you saying something's dead when I said, give it a pillow? And so what are those things this morning that God is calling you to awaken in your life? What part of your marriage is God calling you to awaken in your life? Some of you have been married 25, 35 years, and you've given up on your spouse ever changing. Everybody's scared at that statement. What desires have you put to death that God says, I'm still the God of the impossible? 
I'm still the God with me. All things are possible to those who believe. Remember the closing statement that we just read in our theme verse of scripture. The closing statement was this. Jesus asked her a question. Do you believe this? And she said, yes. If you believe God is still God of your DVDs this morning, can I get a yes? Yes. Do you believe this? Yes. No, do you believe this? Yes. So if you really believe that your DVDs are not dead and they are an occasion for the glory of God, you need to start waking some stuff up in your life this morning. Amen? The first thing you need to wake up is your face this morning and put a smile on it. Amen? Some of y'all are looking like your best friend just died. Because when I brought up dreams, visions, and desires, all you felt was hurt, pain, struggles, and strife. When I brought up dreams, you started thinking, Pastor, I used to dream. I used to dream, and I used to believe that God could do something. But when it didn't happen, and it didn't happen, and it didn't happen, I put my dreams to bed and let reality set in. Well, I'm going to ask you this morning, pull the pillow out from under your dreams and begin to wake your dreams back up this morning. Amen? Begin to wake your dreams up. Some of you have had visions of your life, what you knew God called you to do, who God called you to be in this life, and you've said, I'm going to put it to death because I can't make enough money preaching the gospel. I cannot tell you how many times I've heard that in my life. And people, I'll talk to them, they say, Pastor, I'm so proud of the job you're doing. I was called to preach at one point. If you were called to preach at one point, you're still called to preach. The giftings and callings of God are without repentance. They're irrevocable. That means when he calls you, he doesn't uncall you. Now listen, you've had visions of this and you knew right when you got born again that you were supposed to do something because God called you to do it. Now I'm getting back to remember the first thing God said, so don't let that leave you, okay? I'm taking the long way around to get you to wake up your dreams, visions, and desires before we get this. In your visions of what God called you to do, some of you have put it in a tomb and rolled a stone in front of it and said, I guess it just really wasn't for me or I missed it. A lot of times in the Christian walk, we use that term, I guess I just missed God. No, you missed God by giving up on the vision. And because it didn't happen the way you wanted it to happen and how you thought it should have happened, you put it to death when God said, it may just be sleeping, give it a pillow. Your desires in this life, your desire to do something great for the kingdom, your desire to do something amazing with your family, your desire, in fact, to actually, some of you, just to get married and to have a family. You've given up on your desires, and listen, you're not even 30 yet. So don't give up on your desires for a family, your desire for a husband, your desire for a house, your desire for the things that God wants you to have just because it's not in your time frame. Some of you have given up on your marriage and you're just doing the token call for God by coming to church. I want you to wake up your dreams, your visions, and your desires. And listen, you've given up on those desires. Well, listen to what Jesus said in the account of this story. The minute he got news Lazarus was ill, what is the first thing he said? This will not result in death. It will be an occasion for the glory of God. We got to remember the first thing he said. This will not result in death, but it will result in an occasion for the glory of God. Why do you got to remember the first thing God spoke to you or the first thing the Holy Spirit speaks to you when conditions, circumstance, and things arise? Because listen, when the drama hits, and drama's going to hit in your DVD, drama will happen. Drama's going to hit, and if you don't remember the first thing God said, you're going to be taken away by the drama. You're going to be taken away by everything else, and you're going to give up on your dreams, your visions, and your desires. If you don't understand the first thing Jesus said, the drama's going to hit, and it's going to hit as soon as Jesus speaks. As soon as 
God said, hey, listen, I got a husband or a wife planned for you. You're going to get married. You're going to have a wonderful life together. And you start believing God, everything in your life starts getting rocky back and forth. And the boyfriend or your girlfriend that you had breaks up with you when you thought he or she was the one. How many of y'all ever been there? And you're grateful that now you got broken up with. Amen. Because <laughs> God had the better for you planned on down the line. How many of you know as soon as God begins to lay on your heart, you're going to be debt free, you're going to be able to pay your house off, and we're going to move forward, and you make that quality decision because God spoke to you, the water heater breaks, the car goes out, I mean the finances double for some reason, and yes, there we go, finally, amen, come on, you understand what I'm talking about. God gives you a dream, and you say, God, I'm going to do it. I'm going to step out by faith. And the minute you step out, you don't even have your foot down, and the devil tries to swipe your feet out from under you. Why do you have to remember the first? Because the minute Jesus speaks, the minute he begins to speak to you, everything's going to try and break loose to, number one, stop you. But listen, everything's got to break loose because God's moving you forward. But if you don't remember what he said, you're going to end up being a Martha or a Mary And you're going to let all the drama take place when Jesus said, this will not result in death. The whole world said, Jesus, he's really dead. Jesus said, it's not going to result in death. It will be an occasion for the glory of God. It won't result in death. All the disciples say, Thomas even said, good, let's go die with Lazarus. (laughs) Why do you got to remember the first thing Jesus said? Because when the drama hits, it will be your only stabilizing force in this life. It will be your only stabilizing factor in the world you're living in. The Bible says that the word of God will stand forever. Heaven and earth will pass away before God's word will pass away. You have to remember the first thing Jesus said because that's what you got to stand on. I remember the first time God called me to start a church. I remember like it was yesterday. Since that day, out on that starry night when God spoke to me and I began to press forward in this, I've had every reason in the world for drama to break loose in my life. My wedding day, I told you I'm going to tell you a lot of stuff that took place in our personal life. My wedding day, we had been three years into this church thing, still at the, the country folks in, grand total of about 10 to 12 of us every week, and boy, we were thought, we, we knew we were struggling. <laughs> and it was my wedding day. And on my wedding day, the place where we were meeting calls my parents because they couldn't get a hold of me. They call them and said, listen, we're locking the doors to this facility. It's never going to be open again. You have this afternoon to get all your stuff out. And we don't know where you can go, but you got about five hours till we lock the doors permanently. This church that I had spent three years of my life on, that I had given everything I had to, that I was saying, God, I believe I heard your call. I know the dreams, the visions, and the desires you've given me. What in the world is going on? And so when they contacted my parents, they did a great job of diverting it. Okay, diverting, I didn't even know what was going on. They had talked to the hotel and they decided, okay, y'all can meet here tomorrow morning. It's not gonna make any difference. We're broke anyway. And turns out the church that we were paying rent to this facility, the only reason they stayed open is because we were paying rent for this old rundown junk heap that we met in. That whole day, they began to orchestrate a plan that was my mom and dad and Jeff and Amy and, and Sherry's parents. So they kept this news from me so I could enjoy my wedding. It's a good thing because I probably wouldn't have went on my honeymoon if I would have known the difference. All drama began to break loose. I knew God had told me to start a church. I knew God had said, Joel, this is what I want you to do. I want you to open up a place for people to be able to worship God freely and I can minister the word of God unparalleled. And that's what he called me to do. And when this began to take place, I ended up getting married that day and we were in the limo and we were going to Dallas because that was the desire. I always wanted to leave my wedding in a limo, so we did. And we got 10 minutes down the road and Sherry said, okay, we got to talk. And I'm like, we've been married 10 minutes. Are you kidding me? I mean, at least give us a year into the marriage before we have to have the talk. (laughs) 
And Sherry says, I got some bad news. I'm like, really? We are 10 minutes into this thing. You got to remember what Jesus said. The drama's going to hit. We were probably just outside of Greenville, outside of uh, Cumbie, headed that way, going to embassies. And so we were going that way, and Sherry broke the news to me. And I just sat there quiet. And I knew what Jesus had said. I knew what God had said. And I couldn't understand why after pouring three years of my life into something, God was going to let it die. Because that's what was going to happen. This was going to die. I guess I'd go find a church somewhere else. I guess I had missed God was my thoughts. And y'all, I was devastated. And I was thinking, okay, I don't know what I'm going to do. I guess I just missed it. Long story short, we didn't die. But it was dead. But God said start it. And you got to remember the first thing he said. Because the first thing he said is what's going to sustain you through the drama. And I went back to that night that I knew I was called to start a church. And I went back and I played it over and over and over and over in my mind again and again and again. And after I played it over and over in my mind again and again, which seemed like hours, but it was only minutes, I said, God's going to make a way. He's got to make a way because he called me to do this. And this would not result in death. It would be an occasion for the glory of God. And after I began to get my emotional basket case self under control, and I didn't want to lose it in front of my wife. We'd been married 10 minutes. <laughs> Inside, my head was going crazy. And I remember the first thing he said. I want you to open up a place for people to worship God. And the word of God can be ministered unparalleled. And I said, we're going to do this. God will make a way. Turns out we found a place to meet for about a month that didn't work out, and then we bought our building on the corner in North Davis and Glover. But you know, if God wouldn't have let that die there at the hotel, we would have never took a step of faith to buy our first facility. So what you think is dead, God's saying you may just need to give it a pillow. You've got to remember the first things Jesus said. The first thing Jesus said when Peter acknowledged who Christ was, he said, Peter, upon this rock I will build my church. And what did he say about the church? The gates of hell will not prevail against it. The first thing Jesus said about the church is the gates of hell aren't going to beat you. The gates of hell cannot prevail against you. And so the first thing Jesus said about the church, he told it to Peter. The next thing he says to Peter is, get thee behind me, Satan. So when Jesus says a first, there's always drama that follows because there's a breaking free point. There's a moving forward point. There is a stepping into something point where when God speaks to you, remember the first thing he said. When the woman got caught in adultery, he, the first thing he told her was this, go and sin no more. When he heals a demon-possessed man, the demon-possessed man runs to him and says, Jesus, I want to follow you. I want to go with you. And he said, no, go tell your friends and family what's happened. And when Jesus, after he healed that guy, went across the lake, did ministry, he came back across the lake to the same place. There were thousands waiting on him. Why? Because the man who he had healed obviously did exactly what Jesus said. Go and told his friends and family. So when Jesus came back across, there were thousands waiting on him. When you are in the midst of something that looks dead, what is the first thing God said to you? Remember the time he called you to it. I know me and Damon have discussed countless times how he knew the call of God on his life. And he tried every other aspect of ministry. And then he went back to what God called him. The first thing God told him. And now he's blowing up a youth ministry. <laughs> And God's going to double it again, I believe. What are your DVDs this morning? What are they? Because you better start waking them up. You better start remembering the first thing God said. Maybe you've been diagnosed with an illness and God said, this will not result in death. But the doctor said, it's not looking good. <laughs> start waking up your DVDs, your dreams, visions, and desires. Start pushing play again and get it off pause. Let's watch what God can do with your DVDs this morning. Let them wake back up. Because some of you are putting things in a tomb that God says they just need a pillow. 
So when the drama hits, you've got to remember the very first thing that Jesus said. You've got to remember the very first thing that God has called you to do and what he's called you to do. But now as we read verse 4, the Bible says that this will not result in death, but it will be an occasion for the glory of God. Listen to what verses 5 through 7 said. Now Jesus loved Mary and her sister and Lazarus. So he loved Mary and Martha and Lazarus. The love of God is not in question. But now here's the problem. Jesus loved Mary and her sister and Lazarus. But then it says, but oddly. Now, this is the message translation. But oddly, when he heard Lazarus was sick, he stayed on where he was for two more days. And after two days, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. Now, listen, Jesus heard that Lazarus was sick. He stops and says, I love Martha. I love Mary. I love Lazarus. But oddly, he stayed where he was at. When he says, but oddly, listen, you will have oddlies on this earth, okay? I didn't understand my oddly. I did not understand why if God called me to start a church, he was going to let it die, oddly. See, things look odd when you're trying to view heaven's perspective from earth. Things look odd when you're trying to view heaven's perspective from earth. You've got to get into heavenly perspective to view your earthly situation. You will have but oddlies in your life. God's calling you to do something. He's calling you to maybe move to another state, to do, take another career. And you're saying, God, but it's perfect here. But oddly, God still wants you to move because you're not understanding why because you're looking from an earthly perspective. But oddly, I will never forget, there was this young man who God had turned um, his life right side up, I'll say. He got born again. He got filled with the power of God, and he was loving God. The minute he did, God called him to go to Bible school. This isn't anybody in this church. God called him to go to Bible school. The minute he accepted the call of God on his life, a family member said, if you'll not go to Bible school, I'll pay for you to have a full ride at this other school. But oddly, why did that show up as soon as he accepted the call of God on his life? Things don't make sense from an earthly perspective sometimes. You've got to start looking at your dreams, your visions, and your desires from a heavenly perspective. You've got to start looking at them from God's point of view. You've got to start looking at them from a level of up here that you can see the big picture. Because if you don't, you're going to give up on your dreams, your visions, and your desires because the oddlies take place. Some of you have the oddlies who've moved in next door. And God, why did you put me here in this place when all around me are oddlies? Y'all know the oddly family? Hey, you could be somebody's oddly family. See, things don't make sense from an earthly perspective sometimes. Things don't make sense from where you're looking at sometimes. Things don't make sense of, God, if you really called me to do this, why is this going on? But oddly, Jesus waited two more days because Jesus, he remembered what he said very first. He said, this will not result in death. It will become an occasion for the glory of God. When Jesus said what he said first, he could stay in Judea as long as he wanted. He could stay in the place where he was at another 10 years because he said it's not going to result in death. That means he knew if Lazarus was physically dead, going to be raised from the dead, or he was never going to die, one of the two. This is why you have to remember what God said to you first because if you don't, the oddlies are going to walk you right out of your vision. They will escort you right out of your dreams. They will escort you right out of your desires. They will escort you right out of your vision and escort you right out the door into a life of mediocrity, into a life of just good instead of great, into a life that has no effect on the kingdom of God. You'll just witness what God's doing. But God didn't call you to just witness. He called you to be a part of an occasion. He called you to be part of something great. He called you to be part of something bigger than yourself. And that's why you're here this morning, because you're going to remember that God's called you awesome things. Now, remember what Jesus said in John chapter 16, though. Here's the thing most Christians don't rely on. You accept the oddlies for exactly what they are, an odd situation. You don't understand why when I made a commitment to get debt free, my water heater went out, but oddly it did. 
I don't understand why the minute me and my wife try to start working on our marriage and moving forward with the things of God, oddly, we get in fights all the time now. I don't understand why the minute me and my wife come into agreement on how we're going to raise our kids, our kids go the exact opposite direction, but oddly, they did. You don't understand the oddlies, but I need you to understand this. If you're ever going to get through the oddlies, it's going to take you doing this. Jesus said in John 16, 13, when the spirit of truth comes, and he's already here because it happened in Acts chapter 2, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you things that are to come. See, some of y'all miss that. You can avoid a lot of oddlies if you rely on the Holy Spirit to tell you what's coming down the road. You'll miss a lot of oddlies. You'll miss a lot of misunderstandings. You'll miss a lot of heartache. You'll miss a lot of devastation. You'll miss a lot of desperation. You'll miss a lot of anguish. You'll miss a lot of fights. You'll miss a lot of disagreements with your kids. If you'll take things from God's perspective and rely on the Holy Spirit to tell you things that are to come. I do this all the time. When people say, Pastor, we need to have a meeting. I'll say, okay, let's meet. The first thing I ask is, God, what are we meeting about? 90% of the time, I know what you're gonna tell me before you walk in my office. And you're shocked by my composed answer. Well, I didn't have to listen to you. I just heard what God was going to tell me through you. God wants to prepare you for the oddlies. God wants to put you in a position that the oddlies don't take you off your feet. God wants to put you in a place, in a heavenly perspective, to get a good view of the earthly situation so that when situations take place, circumstances arise, your DVDs don't get thrown out the window. In fact, you're more empowered to walk through your DVD. I love the orange juice commercial that he's sitting around the table and says, hey, at 18, you're gonna get pulled over by a police officer. Hey, at 9.15, your computer's gonna crash. Hey, at 10 o'clock, this is what's gonna go wrong. Hey, at 11 o'clock, this is what's gonna happen. Hey, at 12.30, this is, your boss is gonna be mad. And the guy's saying, wow, I'm glad I had my orange juice this morning. You need to let the Holy Spirit be that for you. Those of you who are struggling, believing God for him to bring something to pass in your life, you need to say, God, tell me things that are to come. For those of y'all who aren't married and want to be married, tell me if this person's right for me before I meet them. <laughs> I made this decision about a year and a half before me and Sherry met. I said, God, I will not date another person until you bring me to meet the person I'm going to marry. And all my friends laughed and criticized me. And they said, well, how are you going to know if you ain't even going to date her until you find the one for you? I said, God will tell me. And then they laughed even louder. And then as I began to walk it out, and then as I began to seek God in it, then they knew I was serious. They were still waiting to watch me fall. They were still waiting to watch me say, whatever, it, it ain't gonna happen. And then I bring Sherry along, and they meet her. This is what they said. Dude, she's perfect for you. And they were shocked, and I wasn't. The oddlies, they're gonna happen. The oddlies will take place. As soon as you make a commitment, the oddlies are going to show up. But if you listen to what Jesus first told you and you look at it from God's perspective, the oddlies have no chance of stealing your dreams, your visions, and your desires. Now listen this morning as I close and bring you this last point. The Bible says this sickness will not be fatal or will not result in death, but it will be an occasion for the glory of God. But oddly, as soon as that happened, all the circumstances arise. Listen to what Jesus does at the end of the chapter. Even though he had told everybody this isn't going to result in death, somehow Lazarus still ended up in a tomb with a stone across the front. Jesus said, deeply moved again, as he came to the tomb, and it was a cave, and it had a stone laid against it. Jesus said once again, Jesus, what he said to this passage is what he's saying to you. He's saying, take the stone away. Take the stone away. Now listen, some of y'all are thinking, I haven't put nothing in a cave. There's no stone in front of it. Listen, if your heart's hardened this morning, you got a stone in front of a cave. And that stone is encapsulating your dreams, your visions, and your desires. And listen, your DVD has now become a time capsule 
that you're going to open when you're 90 and you're going to look back on the wouldas, couldas, and shouldas of your life and say, I wish I would have listened that day when I was in church. And I wish I would have took the stone away because now that you're an old person and you're in your 90s, you don't have the ability to do all the stuff that you look back on. The one thing me and my wife have talked about more than anything lately is we do not want to get 50 years down the road and regret not doing something that we should have been doing now. We do not want to do that. So what we're doing is we're waking up our dreams, our visions, and our desires. Now give me a yes here in a minute because I'm going to ask you a question. Will you take the stone away? Yes. Okay, that wasn't very convincing because here's why. Because when you open up a dream again, when you open up a vision again, when you open up a desire again, you're feeling pain again. You're feeling hurt again. You're feeling the last time you believed and it didn't happen the way you thought it should have happened. You're feeling the last time you said, God, but I trusted you and we still ended up having a bad marriage. God, I trusted you and it still didn't work out the way I thought. But oddly showed up anyway, God. Because when you start to believe again, you're opening up the hurts, the pains, and your desires. And you're saying, God, I will make myself vulnerable to you. I've experienced more pain and hurt and struggles in my life in ministry than I have in anything else ever in my life. It comes with the territory. It comes with believing. It comes with the oddlies. It comes with the things you're going up against. It comes with the territory. But I will not let my momentary struggles on this earth prevent me from the dreams, visions, and callings on my life. I will dare to believe again. I will dare to step out there again. I will dare to go in the, in spite of the hurt, I'm going to take another step to love somebody who hasn't loved me back. In spite of the pain, I'm going to step out there and I'm going to give when I don't really have the ability to give all I can give, but I'm going to do it anyway because I trust God is greater than my circumstance. I'm going to dare to believe that God is greater than this stone that I put in front of a rock. And I'm going to ask you this morning, do you believe this? So here's your opportunity. Will you take the stone away? I'm going to ask you this morning in about two minutes to dare to believe for the first time or dare to believe again. Will you dare to believe for the very first time this morning? Will you dare to believe that Jesus Christ really died on a cross for you and God raised him from the dead? Will you put your, not your thought out there, but you put your life out there and believe this with me?